one. I'm going to record this. <laughs> Got it? Great. I want to introduce to you our speaker today. Her name is Peg DeVault, and I've known Peg for several years. I met her, I think, in Bible Study Fellowship before I met her at the church we attended um, here. She is married to Dale, and she right now attends um, New Salem Baptist Church in Marble Hill with her husband. Um, she is a woman that is full of wisdom and gives it with humor, and I think you'll appreciate that. She's the mother of two sons, has a couple stepsons, has a great granddaughter and a couple grandsons thrown in there, but they have a little girl now, so they're pretty excited about that. And um, she's going to speak to us about how we can build our husbands up, what ingredients it takes. So let me help you, or help me welcome Peg. Good morning. It's so neat to see all these. I'm a little height challenged. Can you hear me okay? It is so good to see all you young chicks out there and uh, try to remember back when I was in your shoes. It's been a few years, so it's good to see you. Before I get started with what I want to tell you about or what I want to share with you, I'm going to tell you that I have some, um, some friends and Deb is one of them, but you know, we, uh, we're into the, almost into the purple hat thing, the old ladies with the, the, the red hats and the purple dresses. And so I heard, this, I heard this story, and I saw it the other day on the, the um, Internet again, and I want to tell it to you because it's so funny. You may have read it. But this is about where I am. There, there was a 94, 96, and 98-year-old three ladies, and they were all real close friends like some of you and your friends. And... Um, they had spent their lives together, raised their kids together, and had so much fun. And at this point in their life, they were all widows. And so they decided to move into, uh, one of the ladies had a great big old house, so they moved in together. And you can imagine what a hoot that, that would be. So they were living together. And so one day, the 98-year-old was upstairs, and she'd just drawn a big tub of bath water. And she stuck her foot in, and she said, was I getting in or getting out? And the 96-year-old was, was on the steps, and she said, I'll be up and help you in just a minute. She said, but was I going up the steps or coming down the steps? And the 94-year-old was in the kitchen having a cup of tea, and she said, um, she said oh, to herself, she said, oh, I'm so glad I'm not like them. She said, I'll be up and help you in just a minute. She said, I'm so glad I'm not like them, knock on wood. I'll be up in a second as soon as I get the door. So that's, that's about where I am, but maybe I can remember at least from my notes. Well, when Deb called me about this, uh, she sent me the information, and when I first saw it, I thought, I honestly thought it said, boldly beating up your husband. And I thought, well, I could probably do that. <laughs> We're not going to try that today. So We decided to call this husband soup because um, a few weeks ago, as I began to think about what I might share with you ladies, I was making homemade vegetable soup, vegetable beef soup, and uh, Dale really likes that. And so I was focused on what I, I wanted to share with you at the same time. And as I began to make this soup, I put in started with some beef stock and I put in um, some cubed beef and some peas and some corn and some uh, celery and some potatoes and carrots and I think I threw in some lentils and 
maybe some elbow macaroni, whatever was around. And um, I began to think what ingredients, as I look back over my hundreds of years of life, um, what ingredients do I wish I had been told about to go into building up my husband, making a good marriage? And so we're going to start today talking about that, and uh, I've entitled it Husband Soup because I was making soup, and I thought about getting my husband here and having a big pot and having him stand in it, but <laughs> he was busy, so we didn't do that. So help me out here, and we're going to try to learn to build up our husbands. How do we boldly build them up, not boldly beat them up? And believe me, ladies, we can do both, as you probably well know. But we want to learn how to build them up. So if you've got your worksheets out, just follow along with me and as we go through this. Now, our base, as we did in our soup, our beef stock, our base is going to be the, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't have that written down there, but that is just our baseline. We have to start with a foundation. Just like in the soup, we have beef stock or whatever you're going to use. This is going to be our base, is going to be our relationship with the Lord Jesus. Now, girls, there are many of you that I don't know here, so I have no idea if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, if you don't, you really need to. That's the most important thing in life. And if, if you're not sure about that, talk with me or one of the mentor moms or or Deb, or whoever is around uh, that you have confidence in. You need to know the Lord Jesus personally as your Savior. That's the baseline. You must have him. And then we're going to assume that you have um, a godly husband. And you know what? If you don't have a godly husband, um, you still, all these things are still going to apply to you, and you're just going to be praying more than as much as the rest of us, but that is uh, where we really need to pray as well. So let's add some things that we wives must do and must have. And the first one I thought of, and there are many, we could go on and on and on with ingredients all day, but I just put in about six or more that we're going to talk about. And the first one that came to my mind was fear of God. And we need quite a bit of that. Now, you know there's good fear and there's bad fear. And fear isn't a bad thing if we see it in the context of God's word. Fear is not a bad thing if we see it in the context of God's word. I remember looking at my great-grandmother's old Bible. In fact, I still have it. I didn't know her very well, and by the time I got to know her, she couldn't hear but I noticed in her Bible, she had this underlined in several places. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And girls, that is the truth. You must fear God. And I don't mean um, in the, the way of uh, the mode of being afraid. You know, Psalm 34, 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want in those who fear him. And isn't that good? And there are many scriptures on fear in a good sense. There's reverential awe, uh, which is what we're talking about with this kind of fear. There is respect for who God is, for his sovereignty, and for all of his attributes. We need, listen girls, we need to have a right view of God. A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite authors, said this. What comes into your mind when you think about God 
is the most important thing about you. So you need to have a right view of God, who he is, um, his attributes. And, you know, we read about, we learn about the glory of God, and I'm convinced that the glory of God is the sum total of all of God's attributes. When we say attributes, we're talking about his sovereignty, his immutability, the fact that he doesn't change, his righteousness, his justice, his love, his mercy, all of those things that are true about God. So it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like in my generation that we were taught to fear God. And I'm not in your generation, so I don't know for sure. I just have to go by what I see out in the world, and, and I see, it seems like, less, quote, fear of God. Now, when I talk about fear, again, I'm not talking about being afraid, uh, but I see sometimes people that are almost flippant, and I'm not accusing you of that. I'm just saying that's what it seems like. Uh, when my boys were little, they were raised, we had a little house over in Jackson, and it was a little, small, old house, and it had, it was a story and a half, and so the upstairs was their bedroom. These, my poor sons had to spend most of their growing up years t- together, and, um, you know, they duked it out a few times, but now they're real close friends, <laughs> and I'm glad for that. But in this upstairs, the, the ceiling was like this, and so I fit their uh, little bunk beds in, one on each side, and then on each side behind there was a wall and that was the attic and it was kind of a scary place and I didn't know this until they were grown and they began to tell me mom you know we were scared to death of that attic and <laughs> and um, you know it, it was a scary place and they uh, I know my youngest son would say you know I never wanted to sleep with my hand hanging down by, <laughs> by the bed <laughs> I was afraid something was going to get it so it's not that kind of fear the fear that we have of God is a reverential awe, and it's a, it's, uh, you know that song we sing sometimes, I stand, I stand in awe of you, and that's the kind of fear that we should have of God. This God that loves you with an everlasting love and has provided uh, his son's blood on the cross for you. This is the God that we revere, and this is the God that we fear. And then in 2 Timothy 1.7, I think I may have that down. Um, no, I don't. Yes, I do. Um, one, but God has not given us a spirit of fear in the sense of being afraid, but he's given us power and of love and of a sound mind. And so he doesn't want us to spend our lives afraid, but he wants us to have a fear of God. And in our marriages, we need a fear of God. In our marriages, with our husbands, with our families, with these children that God gives us, you and I need fear of God in a bold way. And so this is one of our, our ingredients. And in Psalm 23, 4, I would just add this. Um, he wants us to be bold in truth and confident in our shepherd. Psalm 23, 4 says, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. He wants us to be bold in truth and confident in our shepherd. In Psalm 31, um, Proverbs 31:30, if you have your Bibles and want to flip over, if not, just listen to me. And I would love to speak sometime just on um, Proverbs 31 is one of my favorite places, and it's there's just so much to glean out of there as women. And and um, you know she's this lady's our idol in here. So, but it says this 
Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So girls, fear God, fear God. And the second thing that we have down is prayer. And that's pretty much a, a no-brainer, you know. And those three uh, blanks there, guess what goes there? Pray, pray, pray. <laughs> Absolutely. And First Thessalonians were told, pray without ceasing. This can't be emphasized enough. I know that you ladies pray for your children. Uh, and you want to be sure that your husband is thoroughly prayed for when he walks out that door in the morning. Uh, you need to ask God to help him, make him, help him make wise choices throughout the day, help him to be able to focus on whatever his job is, uh, ask God to build a fence around your marriage, ask God to protect him from temptation. So we're to pray without ceasing, and that literally means that throughout the day, whenever a thought comes into your mind or, or, or a person, you need, to, you need to shoot an arrow prayer up to God. That's, I mean, that's what pray without ceasing means. We don't have to get down on our knees every time or be sitting in church. We need to pray for his health. You need to pray for his job, that God would put those in his path today that would be a godly influence on him and those that he could influence as well. Um, you know, you could pray, Lord, teach my husband how to be a great dad and to lead our family. You know, these babies did not come with instructions. And if you're like me, you never did this before. So, and he's never been a dad before, so he needs some help. And who better to help him than the God who created us all? So pray for him to be a good dad and to be a good leader. He's supposed to lead our families. In Philippians 4, 6, it says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, with thanksgiving. Don't forget, be thankful every single day, all day long. Let your requests be made known to God. So pray for your husband often, that God would fill him with Christ-exalting wisdom. Pray for your husband often, that God would fill him with Christ-exalting wisdom and pray that he would be God's man. Maybe you're married to a man who doesn't care about spiritual things, doesn't know Jesus. You know what? If he's married to you, <laughs> then it's your, your um, responsibility to pray for him. And I'm telling you, you know, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous woman avails much. So be praying for him. And I can't help but think of the story of Gideon in the Bible and how Gideon was working and uh, the angel was sent to him and um, this angel came to him and said uh, behold mighty warrior called called Gideon mighty warrior and and if I had been there I would love to have seen him because he probably went who are you talking about well you know that's what our husbands are called to be mighty warriors but it doesn't just happen. We have to pray for them. Now, you don't have to tell him that you're praying for him every second, but it doesn't hurt to tell him now and then. He needs to know that. So that's our second ingredient for building a husband up boldly. You've got to pray for him. And pray, 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 pray. Uh, and prayers are answered. They work. 
I've been down the road a long time, and I know that it works. Now, the third thing, and of course, um, every bit as important, is the Bible, the Word of God. And we need to become a strong woman of the Word. Become a strong woman of the Word. How important that is. Um, in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says... Be diligent to present yourselves to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, having a, a background that is very much involved in evangelism, I have learned many um, techniques and, and uh, Roman Road and ABCs and all kinds of ways, uh, faith ministry. But you know, there's always that fear, what do I say? What if someone asks me something I don't know? Well, you know what? Here's what you say. I don't know. <laughs> you say, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but you know what? Let me look and, and I'll get back with you. So we need to be able to give an answer when our kids ask a question um, and when, when other people do. And then we need to become uh, you know, these strong students of the Bible. And that is so important. Now, I, I know that um, this is imperative to a good marriage, and I'm thankful to be married to a man who loves the Word as much as I do. And, and uh, so that's what we do lots of times for fun is we get into the Word of God and have a discussion, and we study together, and it's, it's just so good. Um, and I know your time is limited. I've been there when you've got kids and they want to even come to the bathroom with you and you, you think, will ever I be able to go to the bathroom alone again? There is a day coming. <laughs> there is a day coming. But you've got the school and you've got cleaning and you've got meals to get and it's hard, it's hard to find a time to read and study your Bible. And it's hard to get up at 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning like people say, oh, just get up an hour early. Yeah, right. <laughs> I get one more hour of sleep. But uh, you need to know God's Word better and better, more and more. Get into Bible studies if you can uh, when the time is right. There are a lot of good ones out there. Uh, Sunday mornings, um, we still call it Sunday school. You, know, you can call it Bible study or small group, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you need to be in there. and You need to get your kids there. And then your personal study. God speaks to you through his word. It's his love letter to us. And we need to be, um, we need to be in his word. And it's more than just holding your Bible and letting it drop open and put your finger down. It's get into a systematic study and see what God's telling you when you're studying the book of James. Or one of the things I do every day um, is read a proverb. There are 31. And so if you just start over every month and read, today I read Proverbs 13, which also happened to have one of our verses in here. But the Bible, I cannot uh, um, stress to you how important that is. That's so important. Number four, we're going to go on to number four, and I kind of combined two here, trust and respect. They kind of go together. Now listen up, girls. This is important. First of all, we are to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. That's the top one there, with all our hearts. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You probably have that memorized. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. I learned it in the old King James back when I was a child. Such a good verse. And so we're to trust the Lord with all of our hearts, and he's trustworthy. 
but we should also trust our husbands, and he should trust us. We must be trustworthy. Look at Psalm, or Proverbs 31, if you've got it open. If not, just listen. Verses 11 and 12 say this. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. She will have no, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And then verse 23 says this. Her husband is known in the gates. He sits among the elders of the land. In the important places where her husband works, they say, Oh, yeah, that's Deb Davies' husband. Or, Oh, yeah, that's, that's Peggy DeVault's husband over there, you know. And so he's known. You make him known by what you do, how you live, and, and how you pray for him, how you build him up boldly. He's going to be known. He, you're going to affect his reputation. Now, listen, girls, this is really important. Now, I'm dead serious. Don't ever flirt with another man. Or give your husband ever any reason to doubt your loyalty to him. Don't give him reason to be jealous ever. Girls, this is not a game. Don't be flirtatious thinking, oh, that's going to make him mad. And, you know, this is not a game. Don't ever do that. I'm telling you, that is very, very hurtful to a marriage. It's hurtful to a man. And you may think it's a game. Maybe you've done that before. I'm telling you, it's not a game. Don't, and listen to this. I know, I'm an old lady. Listen. Don't dress provocatively, except for him in private. You can do that. But don't do that. That's, that's not, you know, you may think, well, this is the style, and nobody needs to see your parts except your husband, okay? Uh, don't do it. I'm just saying don't do it. It's popular now. I mean, every, everything I see in the Super Bowl and all the, I'm like, it looks like they're going to fall out, you know? <laughs> Put them in. Hide them. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. Let's, let's have a little mystery here. Um, the other thing is don't, and this is so important, do not degrade your husband in front of others ever, 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 especially not in front of your children. Boldly build him up to others, brag on him in front of your kids. Never let there be a fear in his mind that you would say something to anyone that would put him in a bad light. Listen, girls, be his best, most ardent fan. You've got to be his best fan. That's you. Temptations come along, especially when we're together, girls, like we are now, sharing. Okay, be careful what you share. There are things that are private. You don't need to share everything. Be careful, and above all, always be loyal. That's how you boldly build up your husband. Now, another thing that respect includes, and I didn't write this word down, but it's in the Bible, in 1 Peter chapter 3, um, it includes submission. And it says this, wives, submit to, and it's also in Ephesians 5, 22 to 24, but in 1 Peter 3, wives, it says, actually it says, likewise, wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for she, for he is the head of the, I almost slipped there, for he is the head of the wife, 
as also Christ is the head of the church. Now girls, listen, don't get your undies in a bundle. This is divine order. God created this this way. There has to be a chief and there has to be some Indians. And while we all know that we matter a lot in our household and we influence our husbands a lot, the buck stops with him. And we're to be submissive. And the word likewise there, I just heard this recently because I used to have so much trouble with this because I'm, a, I'm pretty... Um, um, I hate to say the way bo word bossy, but just real, I'm kind of overpowering sometimes. And, uh, but the word likewise there that's used in scripture is referring to some, some verses previously that talk about how Christ submitted himself to God in going to the cross. Now, here is God the Son submitting to God the Father. This is God on the cross, dying for you and for me, and he submitted himself. Can I not? You know, so, so have a talk with yourself. And just remember that we're to submit to our own husbands, and it works. Um, don't grumble and mumble about it and talk under your breath. Just pray, pray, pray. Okay, that's respect and uh, trust and how important they are. Uh, show respect to your husband. He is the God-ordained head of you and your household. And then number five is a guarded tongue or a tamed tongue. Now, if you want to read about the tongue, get into the book of James, chapter 3. It's a good place to read about the tongue. But in Proverbs 31, 26, it says this, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. I have to tell you, I stand before you as a hypocrite if I said I always had the law of kindness all throughout my 60-some-odd years of life. Um, it has, it's not true. I'd be a liar. Um, but that's what we're supposed to do. So, you know, maybe if we pray about it, that, that kindness will come out. And then the, one of the ver words, the verses I read this morning in Proverbs 13 is on there he who guards his mouth preserves his life and this is us but she who opens wide her lips shall have destruction don't we tend to just say what we want how we feel we're into feelings and emotions and so here's here is um, a couple here are a couple of other verses in proverbs 19:13, and there are several of these scattered throughout and they almost say the same thing a quarrelsome wife is like a constant or continual does anybody know what dripping uh-huh like a faucet okay and girls this can just like it can erode the the place that the drip goes onto it can erode your marriage proverbs 27:15. also better to live on the corner of a roof then share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Ooh. Learn this verse. Write this down. Psalm 19:14. This is so good. You probably already know this. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Learn that. Got one more verse for you. I really want you to learn. Um, I'll tell it to you in a second. Here it is, Psalm 141.3. This is a verse I try to think about all the time because it just applies so much to me. And I, I can just picture this little guard right here standing on my lip. 
It says, set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And don't I need that? I don't know about you, but I need that. You can ask my husband. Um, Boldly build up your husband by what you say and by what you refrain from saying. Okay, now we're to number six. Humor and fun. Um, And we're going to finish. I don't know about you, but I love to laugh, and when you get right down to it, there's always something to laugh about. Now, let me tell you, um, as you get older, there's even more to laugh about (laughs) because it's funny. (laughs) But, and I'll tell you this, and you promise not to, and I'm not being disloyal, but this is a funny story. I became a widow, and this is not funny, I became a widow when I was 44, and that was not in our plan. That was unexpected, and I was a widow for six years, and... um, Never intended to ever marry again, so that's where humor comes in. God has a sense of humor. And I met this man that uh, had lost his wife, and God brought us together, and he's a godly man, and we just have so much fun together. But we, he, he doesn't um, do a lot of funny things, but one thing he did early in our marriage, and it just I was almost left speechless. I went in to take a shower, and when I came out, he had taken all of the towels out of the bathroom. There were no towels, no washcloths or anything. And I'll leave the rest to your imagination, <laughs> but you know, those, you've got to be creative, girls. There, you know, there are funny things, and, uh, and you can think up your own private funny things, and uh, if you ever tell him that I told that story, he'll, he'll probably kill me. But you know what? Um, I think that a humor and fun is, is one of the important keys to a good marriage. It helps to boldly build up your husband. You've got to have light moments, probably more light moments than heavy moments. And trust me, as life goes on, you go down this pathway of life, there will be plenty of tough moments, plenty of hard times. But humor can often uh, diffuse a difficult situation. It can often diffuse a difficult situation. So be careful, but be careful not to insult and not to demean. You know, we don't, I don't want my husband saying, well, you know, you could get a few more pounds off. He knows better than to say that. <laughs> it's true, but, but you know what? God has a wonderful sense of humor, doesn't he? I mean, he made you and he made me, he made our husbands. And uh, he delights to delight us. Did you know that? Sometimes we have this idea of God as this big ogre up in heaven, and he just can't wait to go to us, you know? Well, he's not that way. He delights to, to delight us. In fact, the Bible says, delight thyself also in him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Your heart's desires will become what God's desires are, not necessarily the Lexus you wanted to drive or whatever. But, you know, you need to have fun. I'm just telling you, this is really an important thing. You need to have fun in your marriage, uh, for goodness sake. It it was his idea, after all. Marriage was his idea, so here we are doing marriage. And you need to be creative. And, girls, this is where we're good. This is where we come in. We're good at this. We we can think things up. It is so hard. There, There are some men, I will grant you, there are some men that can think up fun, neat things. But, by and large, we're the ones that think it up. And... um, you know, we women, we love comfort, 
and we love um, romance, love, security, we love a clean refrigerator. Um, and you know what, on men on the other hand, they want one thing. I'm just telling you, it never changes. <laughs> so get your kids taken care of. Do something interesting that you haven't done before. Um, and maybe pick him up someday from work and have the kids all taken care of and you have his suitcase packed and you, go, you have planned this little trip for a couple days. Do something fun like that and he will be so surprised. And um, have a picnic somewhere in, unusual. Maybe it's just the living room floor when everybody's asleep. I don't know. Use your imagination. Um, but listen, don't be boring. Don't be boring. Uh, every couple has their own love language. And um, I would just tell you, if your husband travels at all, make sure that the morning he leaves, he has a memory to take with him. Okay? So that he'll look forward to coming home. Um, so always have a ball. Always. Now, with those ingredients, I hope I didn't embarrass you all. With those ingredients, you can boldly build up your husband. You'll be doing what God has called you to do. And you are directly affecting him and, and the next generation. Girls, those of you that have, well, boys and girls, but especially girls, they're going to be looking at you to see how to be a wife. You don't want them to be nagging wives. Um, you want them to, to learn that they're to respect their husbands and, and love them. So you're affecting the next generation, boys and girls. So now, I would just say to you, be creative and go make husband soup. Let's pray. Father, how thankful we are that you have loved us with an everlasting love, and you have made us uh, to be women, and Father, you have placed within our hearts um, a vacuum for your son and for his word. Teach us um, to love you more, and Father, as we love our husbands, teach us how to boldly build them up. Father, give us wisdom and help us always to look into your word to find out what you want to say to us for the day. And for our lifetime. I pray, Father, your special blessing upon these precious women and upon their families that they represent, upon their husbands, their children, and their sphere of influence. God, would you just give them boldness in their marriages. We just want to tell you how much we love you, and it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.